Hey there, and welcome to Reaching Out with Michael Constable. I'm your host, Michael, and Reaching Out is a podcast on a mission to make coming out easier through story sharing. In this week's episode, I chat with Jessica Bedusi. Jessica and I met over the holiday break and we became fast friends. I honestly knew within about an hour of meeting her that I needed to have her on the show, and so I'm so happy she said yes. We talk about why Jessica decided to go for an air of nonchalance when coming out to people and how similar advice led me to come out to my own parents within 24 hours of receiving it. It's all in the delivery. We talk about how to notice and appreciate the little signs of growth shown by our friends and family who might need a little extra time to catch up to accepting our queerness. Jessica shares a really powerful story around this that is actually making me want to tear up right now just as I'm thinking about it. And we also discuss how labels or boxes can simultaneously help some people make sense of their journey towards queer self-discovery, while for others, they make things even more confusing and feel more limiting. I've been so excited to share Jessica's story with you ever since we recorded it, and now it's finally here. Let's go check it out. Welcome back to another episode of Reaching Out with Michael Constable. I am joined today by a very new friend of mine who I'm super, super, super excited to have on the show. Welcome, Jess Bedusi. How you doing, Jess? Hi, Michael. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so, so happy that you're here. I just, we just met very recently and I like instantly knew within like a couple hours is like, I need to see if she wants to be on the show. <laughs> I know. I, I loved it. Um, sometimes I feel like you meet someone and you just have like a spark and I felt like that happened with us. So I'm glad to be here. Instantly. And just like like most budding um, queer friendships that I have made. Um, of course, it happened at High Tops in San Francisco. <laughs> Shout out to High Tops, uh, I feel like Mecca for us. I also feel like a lot of episodes I've recently been like just name dropping High Tops and it's like unintentional, but it's also made me reflect on the fact that I think that's the only place that I go <laughs> like ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. They have food, they have great drinks, great people. Yeah, yeah. they got it all. And so I think after it was after a long afternoon um, full of uh, Aperol spritzes that um, that we met. Uh, it was like it was in December, right? It was like right before Christmas, I think. Right. Maybe after. Maybe after. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was in that like weird in between holiday week where people are at yeah. high tops on like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> That's probably us. <laughs> <laughs> Literally us. Um, so, yeah, I, I knew like within that day, that afternoon, I was like, I definitely need to have her on the show. So I'm, I'm so excited that you wanted to. So thanks so much for being here. Of course. Would you love to, would you love, would you like to give a, just a quick little intro to our listeners to kind of hear a little bit about Jess? Yes, I would love. Um, my name is Jess Bedusi. I live in San Francisco. I work at an advertising agency um, where I'm a director of social media. So I'm on TikTok for a lot of my day. <laughs> um, I've been in San Francisco for seven years, and I grew up in the South, in North Carolina. Um, I went to UNC, go Heels, and I also uh, was born in Italy. My dad's Italian. He still lives there. So I have like the yeehaw side of me, and I have the European side of me. So I think my whole life I've kind of not fit in. I've had a bunch of different influences everywhere. Oh my gosh. Wait, those are two, I feel like, I feel like those are two like stark, starkly different like cultures too, like the South and Italy. Like <laughs> I'm oh, trying, to, yeah. I'm pic- trying to picture that like family reunion. That's got to be interesting. Oh, it's great. My mother was the daughter of a Southern Baptist preacher. 
And my father is like staunchly Catholic. So uh, my mother doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. My father does all of the above. So very interesting dynamic. Yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, Well, thanks so much. And I, I, for the intro, and I'd love to, to dive into your, to your coming out story. So where, take us back, where, when you think of your coming out story, where do you kind of, where do you kind of, where does your head go? Like, where do we start? Yeah. My, my coming out story to me is a very long process of like a decade and a half of figuring it out. You know, I think I came out quote unquote later in life than a lot of people. Um, I was 26 when I was fully out to my family and friends and and everyone. Um, But those inklings of, Hey, I'm a little different. I'm not totally straight started when I was 16. Yeah. Those inklings. I, I, I like to refer to them as, as I've referred to them as my rainbow flags, as I have looked back <laughs> on my coming out, I'm like, wait, why did it take me so long? I'm like, where should I have done earlier? And I, all of those little, those inklings along the way I, I have endearingly referred to as, as my rainbow flags. What were some, what were some oh of my yours? God. What were some of um, I love that. Um, one that, as you say, looking back is glaringly obvious is I was at the orthodontist and I was in the waiting room flipping through a magazine and it was an essence magazine. I remember. And there was like a fold out poster of Scarlett Johansson Scarjo, like, oh my God. and a little like tank top pulling it around. <laughs> and I was like, I have to have this. I have to have this poster. And I like ripped it out, like stuffed it in my shirt, stole it from the orthodontist <laughs> office. And then hung it on my wall because I just had to have this like beautiful woman on my wall. Oh my gosh. I love that. Scarlett yeah. Johansson. That's amazing. Yeah. Scarjo. Scarjo. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit, that was a big one. I would say um, also like being really attracted to all my best friends and wanting to like practice kissing with them was another one that I thought was just totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I learned, you know, maybe that was just me and my queer friends who thought Wait, that was normal. That's so interesting because um, I had previously, most recently on the show, I had my friend Iris on and she uh-huh. kind of had the same thing. She said a very similar thing. She's like, she, I believe I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, like I don't want to put words in her mouth, but in general, she said like, she grew up thinking that all girls wanted to be with other girls. Like that was just like the default. But then she also thought from like growing up, um, just from like her growing up, like the environment she grew up in that like, but girls don't end up with girls. Yeah. Very similar experience where I was like, yeah, it's, you know, we're all my friends. We can be attracted to each other and do things together. And, but there's no way that that means like, we're going to end up together or be together. It's like a normal part of life. And then we don't talk about it and we move on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I would say, um, when I was 16 is kind of when those inklings really started for me. And I, now looking back, I know that I was a hundred percent in love with my best friend at the time. Um, and we ended up having a falling out as you do when you're 16 and in high school and we would drink Smirnoff ice at our friend's house and sneak away and wake up the next day and like, never talk about it. We would just like move on. We're best friends. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And I remember one of my other friends who was in the friend group sat me down. She took me to Starbucks one day. She sat me down and she asked me point blank, are you gay? I was like, what are you talking about? 
what? Never. I have a boyfriend. What are you talking about? Um, that just like, couldn't even cross my mind. She was like, okay, whatever. Da da da. And this went on with my friend for a few years. We stopped being friends. And then I just like buried it down, like pushed it down. Never wanted to think about it again. Like never crossed my mind that it could even be a possibility that I would end up with the woman. But the inklings were still there, I'm guessing. But the inklings were still there. And so throughout my rest of high school and college, there was definitely attraction to women. There were more hookups and moments like that, but it just kind of felt like a natural part of life. Um, just experimenting, it, I'm sure. <laughs> like just experimenting. We that's all. That's what they do always that, say, right? right? That's what everyone says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I dated men throughout college, and it just never like. I was like, I'm with. I'm attracted to men. That that's the end of the case. Like, there's there's no other room there. Yep. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco. And like, finally found a girl who I ended up dating for a very long time that I was like, oh, okay. Everything's starting to like click into place, you know? And I remember she asked me after we had been dating for a few months, she was like, I feel like you haven't had a freak out moment. It's like, what are you talking about? And she was like, I've dated other like quote unquote straight girls And they always have a freak out moment where they're questioning their identity and like, well, first of all, that's, that's not, you can't like generalize everyone because you hooked up with one person. (laughs) And two, I was like, that's really interesting. Like now dating you, I do identify as queer and I do know that there's more than just being straight or gay or whatever, but I didn't have like a moment. And I think it's similar to love where you see movies and there's, there's love at first sight. I thought there was going to be like gay at first sight where I would just know <laughs> one day, like this is my identity and this is who I am. And that never happened to me. And it took talking to her realizing like, actually it just took me years of, of getting to know myself and uncovering new layers and finding new relationships to be comfortable. There wasn't like a light bulb moment where I knew that I wasn't straight. Yeah. And I I think when you're in the closet, like I can, obviously I can only speak from my experience, but I was like waiting for that moment, like waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, And I I feel like I, I don't know that I had like a, you know, like a parting of the skies kind of clarity moment, but like I did have a, there's a couple, a a couple instances that I could point to that definitely like push my ass in like the, in this direction. Um, Finally, after like being on the sidelines for so long. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting because I do feel like there is that, you know, kind of when you're struggling with it and you don't really know what to do with it all and like all of your thoughts and emotions and, you know, you know, like you're like still wrestling with the fact that no, like you said, no, I'm still attracted to guys, case closed. You know, yeah. you're, you're waiting for that moment and it, you know, yeah. and sometimes you don't have it, which, you know, is understandably and like what it sounds yeah. like you're saying is like really even possibly even more confusing. Like totally. If it doesn't yeah. come. Yeah. Yeah when the girl you were seeing said, I've dated other straight girls, what is, how did that, did you consider yourself, I guess what I'm asking is, did you consider yourself straight at that, at that point, even though you were dating a girl? Right. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I definitely was taken aback. Um, and I also felt what she was saying was very narrow because just because you, you 
you experience like an intimate moment with someone doesn't mean, you know, their entire history. Sure. And I think a lot of times people and even ourselves within this community can look at somebody and make a judgment of who they are, or who their identity is or whatever. Sure. Um, it, you know, I think that's why a lot of things like biphobia are really rampant because you can see someone in a hetero relationship and make a, make a judgment about them. So I didn't identify as straight, obviously, when we were dating. Not obviously. I didn't identify as straight when we were dating. Yeah. Um, and I think in the years before we started dating, and she was my first, quote unquote, real girlfriend, um, there was like a fluidity. I didn't really know what it was, but I knew that I didn't really fit neatly into anything. Yeah. It wasn't like a yeah. you weren't in a box, like you were somewhere, right. running, you know, somewhere in between the boxes right. doing your own thing. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I do you think I'm I I'm kind of curious from your perspective or opinion mm-hmm. um, of her of her saying what she when she said um, I've dated straight girls before. Yeah. When she said that, do you think she really just meant like girls who are like are like fool, like fool around with girls but aren't ultimately going to like end up with a girl? Is that because that's kind of how I'm uh, like reading into it, but I could be completely yeah. off base. I don't know. Yeah, I think so because I like clearly I definitely, you're not 100% straight if you're hooking up with a girl. Right. If you're if you're <laughs> very intimate with a woman and you're you identify as a woman, you know, I think so. I think there's a lot of people and uh she also lived in the south for a while and I think you know, I know a lot of girls who fooled around with girls and it was never, they would never allow themselves to end up with that person. And it's, I think sexuality is so fluid. And so many of my friends who we shared those experiences with also are now figuring out their identity. And I think like for some people and for us who grew up in the South, like, it's just not a choice. Like you're there. It's not an option. When did you start kind of maybe like telling people how did that process go for you? Yeah. For me, it really happened in phases, I think. Mm -hmm. And I personally went to the easiest people to come out to and that were, that was friends. So it was first my closest friends coming out to them. Um, They were very, very supportive. I think some of them didn't quite understand and wanted to know more to best support me. Sure. And I think with that sometimes can come some intrusive questions. Like, how do you have sex? How does that work? If it's two women, you know? Yeah. Which is like, you have to set up a boundary there. I think, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between like wanting to educate or help someone understand and creating a boundary to protect yourself from those things. Cause you don't owe anyone any explanation on, on your identity or who you're sleeping with, frankly. I think the way they deliver the question too, is like, is it like coming from a place of wanting to like learn and understand and like a genuine place like that? Or is it just like, you know, trying to be funny? hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. So friends were first for me. Um, and then people within my circle here in San Francisco And then interestingly enough, work was a really safe place for me. So I'm lucky. I work in advertising in San Francisco. It's very open. It's very liberal. Like we're all together all the time. So I was able to be out and to be really loudly out at my work, which was really nice because I feel like it let me really like figure out who I was and how I wanted to present myself before I felt comfortable 
being out to to Instagram and my family and everyone yeah. else. So how I'm curious how um and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about like labels a little bit more and you've already kind yeah. of you've already kind of mentioned that you know you didn't see yourself fitting in any of these boxes. Um mm-hmm. what when you say you came out like how did how did what news like how did you deliver that information? Like what what did you say? I I like I've through talking with people on the show I've I've picked up on people everyone has like their own kind of like script I want to say because most people like have trouble saying like I'm gay or any you know they vocalizing yeah. that so they they'll like say something else and so I'm kind of curious what yours was especially when you feel like because you, you didn't you didn't fit you didn't feel like you fit in like one of these neat boxes that would make people back right. home it would be a little bit harder to explain like I'm not either of these things I'm kind of in this middle space yeah that's so interesting because I haven't thought about that but you're right like I wasn't like I'm gay I'm queer I approached it very casually and I think I just wanted to like get it out as nonchalantly as possible so I I just kind of like kicked kicked open the door with so I'm dating a girl and then would lob it over to the other person (laughs) and they would be like okay be like yeah I um I'm I uh, I'm dating women now so that's that's cool like so casual. That's so casual. I don't think I had a script. I was just like, I have a girlfriend. I love that. Like <laughs> under my breath. I love that. Um, yeah. And I didn't, you know, I didn't explain anything more really. I didn't explain, but I'm still attracted to men still. A lot of people would ask me. And I'd be like, I don't know. This is who I'm with right now. Um, and I think that's because I finally knew that I wasn't straight, but I didn't know everything else. And I didn't feel like I owed it to anyone else until I went on my own path. I think now in my like daily coming outs to new people or new coworkers or whoever, I say I'm queer, attracted to everybody, just finding a connection with them, that kind of thing. But when it first started happening, it was just a, I have a girlfriend, like almost like mumbling it. just to like say it, but I didn't want to like talk anymore about it. Yeah. Wait, that's interesting. And I, I, I like how the, I I like the nonchalantness about it or the nonchalance. I don't know, whatever. I like how (laughs) casually your your delivery is because I remember when I was like, when I was, I came out to myself and I'd come out to some friends and I was like, you know, I was 28. I was like, let's get this show on the road. I just finally agreed to yeah. myself that I'm gay. Like, let's, let's go. Like, and I just, yeah. the final boss was like my parents. So I was like, I have to come out to them and just, <laughs> then I'll be like really out. Um, yep. and I was gonna, in my head, I was like, I hate confrontation. I hate talks. Like I hate big things. So like, I wanted to not be, do it in person. I did not want to do it. Like talking to them on the phone. Like I just wanted to like, I was going to like write this letter and like mail it to them and be like, call wow. me, call me when you're ready to talk. And it was this guy that I met, I think honestly, like on Tinder or Grinder or something. We like met one night and I he kind of was in a similar situation um, in terms of like coming out a little bit later. And we're similar ages. And he asked me like what I was planning to do about my parents or if I'd come out. And I told him this like letter. And he goes, You could do that. But what I learned, what I've learned, and I forget like where this advice came from, but he says, You train you train people how to react to news with how big you present it. And so essentially he was saying like, you could do this dramatic, you know, semi-dramatic letter and be like, call me when you're ready to talk. 
Or you could just tell them on the phone mid conversation, like it's no big deal and be very nonchalant about it. And it like changed my entire perspective. And I'm not even kidding you. The next day I called my mom and just like a normal, like weekly chat kind of thing. Yeah. And the entire, I didn't listen to a single word she said the entire time because all I could, all I could think about was like, do I just do it? Like, do I just say it mm-hmm. now? And I did at the end of the call. And then I told, ended up telling my dad, I called him separately, like 10 minutes after that call. Um, and I just like got it out of the way and I just like said it at the end. And it, it yeah. really like the nonchalantness, like that worked. I'm telling you, like it made it so much easier than I, and like less for me in my specific experience, like less like of a big deal, I think, um, than like my you know, more dramatic letter would have been. So I, I totally, I can see how, I can see why you went that route. And I, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's such powerful advice. Right. That's isn't like that like really, really wise. Isn't that make sense? And it like applies to other yeah. things too. It's like, you know, you could apply it to you at work. Like the way oh, you, yeah. you train people, how to react to information. And like, if you, you know, you, the way you present it is, is key. So, um, I thought that it like blew my mind and like the, within 24 hours, I was out to my parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's true because the, you know, the friends and that I told all, responded they mirrored my reaction they were like yeah. oh, okay that's cool exactly yeah and that was it and it wasn't this like massive conversation because I didn't want it to be and I think to your point looking back that's because I I led the conversation and I started it that way yeah yeah exactly yeah. as opposed to like the conversation you said earlier when you were in high school and your friend like basically cornered you asking straight up if you're yes. gay which is like the, I like, I shiver, like my heart stops even just like thinking about that happening to you because like I've been there and that nothing makes you feel more like fire, like isolated, like vulnerable scene, like exposed. exposed. That's what I was looking for. Uh, like, oh my God, it makes my heart like race just thinking about it. Um, so it's like on your terms and it's in the delivery, you know, the intensity of the news is on your terms too, with how you deliver it. So yeah, I totally, I can totally see how that was, a, yeah. that could be a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, I would call that my phase one, phase my, one. my, my gay cinematic universe. Phase <laughs> one was my friends. Your, your GCU. My GCU, my QCU. I don't know. Oh, QCU, we'll, yeah. we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll workshop um, it. <laughs> was friends. And then, like I said, work was a big one. Like it, it, I found other coworkers like Ben who were really open about who they were. And it gave me like a lot of inspiration. Like I've never told, but Ben was one of my coworkers and I've never told him, but I just really always admired who he was. He was so open about himself. He was so unapologetic and he gave me a lot of like safety and he like, I don't know. It was really nice to have someone like an ally, even within the same community, um, for me to be myself. So Ben would be really nice to have. Ben would be the perfect coworker to have when you're like navigating this. If you need like some support, like amazing. I can. Yes. And yeah. And we, uh, together, we started a pride committee at our, our agency, um, which was so nice. And it just like, I really got to be myself and we would do like, I would do presentations for, for the company to educate them and, and all these things that let me really be myself. Um, and then my like final phase, like meeting Thanos was my mom and dad. And Thanos, I love metaphors. Yes. So I'm, just, I'm always going to, 
anything like you just hit two marvel references in the last like 10 seconds like i'm like let's i let's keep going i love it <laughs> wait actually three scarjo 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 <laughs> yes my black widow obsessed um so we're my parents and like i mentioned my mom is in north carolina my dad is in italy and my brother and sister are also in italy and so I thought to myself, like, work harder, not smarter, or work smarter, not harder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I'm just going to come out to everyone at once. I don't want to have to, like, (laughs) do this. So one year, my mom went uh, to Italy, and I went. We were all there. And I remember the whole trip, it was just, like, in my my throat. Like, when am I going to do this? When am I going to say this? How am I going to do it? And I kept avoiding it and pushing it off and not knowing when the right time was and waiting for the right time. And then one day uh, I went to the, to this little market, very Italian with my brother and sister. And we stopped to get um, a coffee and we're talking and the whole trip, my brother, I'm the baby. So they're both older than me. My brother had been badgering me about do you have a boyfriend? Who are you dating? Why don't you ever tell us anything? Da, 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 da. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that story. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I, again, went my nonchalant way and I said, Oh uh, yeah, that's because I have a girlfriend and my oh. brother and sister gasped. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed. I'm, so, I'm the worst. Uh, it's they like gasped. audibly gasped audibly gasped oh my gosh like oh not expecting that to come out of your mouth and my brother said are you serious and I said yeah her name is Whitney we've been dating whatever um and they were like oh okay they were shocked but like fine with it um and the first thing my sister said was are you gonna tell mom and dad and I said yeah I guess I'll tell them tonight (laughs) and they were like let's circle back and talk about this. Like we want to know more. We're just kind of in shock. Um, and then later that night we all went out to dinner and we're at a big table and I pulled the same move third time, um, where I, I said, you know, uh, so I'm dating someone new. Um, I'm kind of nervous to tell you my mom and her sweet Southern accent said, Oh honey, it doesn't matter. Tell me whatever. I said, I'm dating a woman, dating a girl. And my mom immediately um, said, that's great. Love you no matter what. It was like so wonderful and lovely. And um, my dad just, it did not compute in his brain. Mm -hmm. He's like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? What do you mean? Yeah. That, no, what? And I like tried to explain it a bit more with him in the moment, but it just like wasn't computing. So I just like retreated to my mom and my brother and sister who were got it and were very accepting and did another, like, I'll, we'll come back, dad. We'll, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what was that? What was the process like to kind of help him along in, in his understanding? Yeah. I mean, it's even five years later, I still think it's a process. Like he is an old, older Catholic gentleman and he 
Uh, I've never really talked to him about the ins and outs of my sexuality. Um, but I think he gets it just because he knows I've dated dudes throughout the years too. Um, and I, you know, I still think he hopes that I end up with a nice Italian boy. Um, and it's just kind of one of those things where I don't talk with him about it as much to like preserve our relationship. Not that I think it would ruin things, but it's just something I think like, even once you're out and open and on Instagram and on podcasts like this, there are still moments when it's really hard to be yourself with certain people and, and family members in particular, you know, and, um, it's so much easier than it was five years ago and we can have those conversations and I can be open, but it still is a little like butterflies in my tummy sometimes when, yeah. when it comes up with them, you know, man, that is so true. What you just said about, um, you know, certain people, it's harder to be authentic, you like be your authentic self. It's like, I think, yeah. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like, you know, we live in San Francisco It is like as big of a gay bubble as you could ever possibly have. Absolutely. So like your day to day, it's not, it is rarely for me, is it something I even like think about, like, just because mm-hmm. where I live in the city, like there's more gay people than straight people. Like, yep. so it's like, it's, you don't even think about it. Um, and I, there'd be times where I'm telling myself, I'm like, wow, like I like, when I like look back, I'm like, oh, I've been out for three years, like how long was that? Three, uh, three and a half years. And I'm like, wow, I've like come so far. Like, I, I feel like, like, what was I so worried about? And then there'll be times where I'm like talking to somebody or like in a situation that completely throws me off and I like retreat and I like, and I like kind of go back into my shell and I like, am not being my authentic self anymore. I'm like, wait, what the hell just happened? Maybe there's like, clearly there's still some things I got to like work on. Um, and it, you know, it doesn't happen too often in SF just because it like, you just, those situations I don't find to be very frequent, but there are times when like, whether it's talking, like usually the family, a lot of the time, I think is, Mm -hmm. is, it's a really good example that you just, I don't know, for me, I just like, I sometimes just go back into, like, I, I retreat a little bit and I get really surprised by it because on my day-to-day life, I'm like so confident in that in my like in myself and like being gay here um but there's like these reminders every time when it's usually speaking to somebody that kind of like throws you off and off of your game um so i totally yeah. i totally hear that that's that's a really good yeah. point um so like i get so that's awesome that your your brother sister and your mom were were um were like super supportive like that yeah. what your mom said sounds so sweet um what has <laughs> that what has that process been like i guess have you had to follow up, follow up or yeah how's that been for with uh, with them yeah, my uh, it's been really lovely to watch my mom's journey um, because I think she she's always said, and I'm so grateful and lucky to have a mom like I do who is so accepting of whomever I'm with. Um, but it's been really nice to see her like she uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Like last year um, or a few years ago, actually, she sent me a photo and she had purchased a shirt from target that said, love is love. And she sent it to me and said, happy, happy pride. Oh my God. I'm like crying. Just thinking about that because I don't know. I think what you just said is so true. We're in San Francisco. We're at the heart of this bubble. And when I go to target every pride month, I am the first person to make fun of every single pride piece yeah. of pride merch. Yep. 
And then I have to rant about capitalism and how they're exploiting and taking advantage of and what are they donating and who are they doing and why would you buy a pride shirt from Target? And then I look at my mom who lives in the middle of nowhere. She has to drive 45 minutes to even get to a Target. She doesn't have a queer bookshop on every corner. And her walking into a store in the middle of North Carolina and seeing Pride merch is powerful and beautiful. And I'm like her going through the checkout is probably making a statement. And it like hardens my like cold queer heart. And it makes me like rethink my life. And it just makes me so happy, you know? That is like, (laughs) that is the best thing I've heard. I like love, I like the way, in the way that you describe it too, is like, I feel like a lot of people in the queer community can get, get very jaded, like, especially around pride when you see like, you know, I feel like Wells Fargo is like always uses the example (laughs) um, about like the corporate companies just trying to like make money off of, of, of pride. But that's so true. And I feel like that is like the overwhelming sentiment around that kind of thing here. But the way, yeah. but when you put it in terms of like what your mom did to actually go through and, and get that and, sen- and to think about it, to go drive 45, 40, 45 minutes yeah. to get it. And then also like what you said, like sitting in it, getting in the checkout, like that, going to the section, grabbing the shirt, getting in the checkout, like, like that, that is, I think that's really, really fucking beautiful. I think so too. And lovely. I use the the word word lovely, the way that you described your mom's, your mom's growth, which I I love that so much. That's perfect. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, I usually only cry during the portal scene of Avengers Endgame, Endgame, but like now I'm like (laughs) about to like tear up. (laughs) Me too. And like, look, if, if you're able to shop at a queer owned organization and buy your merch there, please do. But I think sometimes we we uh, don't understand like how lucky we are to be surrounded by so many people and, and how important companies like Target or Wells Fargo acknowledging it can be big to someone who isn't surrounded. You know? That's a, that is a very good perspective. Um, again, a, around the bubble though, I, I feel like you get, and I learned this like quickly because I moved here during Pride and I was like, my, it was like my first Pride. It was like, I moved here mid-June. And I saw the rainbow flags and I was like, oh my God, this is so incredible to be somewhere. And then as I yes. like meet people, they're like, fucking Wells Fargo. Like, <laughs> they're just like shitting on it all. Yes! And I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean we don't like this? <laughs> yep. I was like, so that was like a very funny learning curve that you're, that you're describing. But that's a very, that is a good point. Like when you're out of the bubble and like situations like that happen, like that, that's, that's so fucking nice. I like, yeah. Oh. Uh, that like warms my heart. <laughs> I know it just like, it meant so much. And in this past pride, she sent me, she mailed me like a, a pride shirt from like Anne Klein or somewhere. And that was like, again, like made me cry. And she wrote me a beautiful letter. And um, it's those little moments. I think that, that people can signal to you that just make you feel accepted and loved and, and like who you are is okay to them. And those little things can be so important. My mom, she didn't, she sent me, I remember it was like two, I think it was like two prides ago. Um, I remember she sent me like a happy pride text on the day, the Sunday of pride or something like, cause I had been telling her about it. And then that, that was like my moment where I was like, oh my God, that's like her. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a text. Like it's a small text. Yeah. When you look at it as like what it actually signifies and like growth, that was like my pride shirt essentially. Yeah. So like everyone does it in a different way and you just have to like kind of be on the lookout for that because 
you know, it, not everyone's going to come right out the bat, like storming pride, like the, you know, the pride parade with you. Um, people are going to take their time yeah. and, they'll, and they'll show their love in, in subtle ways and ways that make sense for them. So um, that's a, I, that isn't such an excellent point you bring up. And I, I, yeah. I'm so happy that you shared that story. Yeah. Well, and I think we have to remind ourselves sometimes that again, I, I like am very lucky with my coming out story, but it took a while for me to accept myself and my, me to understand what it meant to come out to me. So I think sometimes you have to allow grace for somebody to, to understand it on their side too. You know, it's a new statement for them too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, it took me 28 years. How can I expect someone to do it in a year? Like, yes, exactly. 100%. I've never, I've never, I like haven't thought about it in that perspective before, but I'm like, holy shit, I'm, <laughs> I'm insane for thinking, for thinking that. Um, wait, you just bring up a good point too, because you mentioned mm-hmm. before, before we got in the call um, that the hardest person to come out was yourself. And I, for me, yeah. the exact same, I totally get that. Could you tell me a little bit more about what that was like for you, especially because like you said, you never had that like light bulb moment. Right. So like you did it, you know, kind of in, in phases. So um, what was that like? Cause it sounds like you still, even when you first started coming out, you were still kind of figuring things out and that you, you know, you still are or might be. Um, so yeah. what, what was that? What has that progression been like for yourself? Yeah, it's definitely a journey. It's definitely one that's ever evolving for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, like inklings turn into questions when you're young. And then for me, I thought, I think it was just easiest for me to avoid. Yeah. And while I knew that there was more than gay or straight then in high school, it still didn't necessarily feel like an option for myself. I, uh, I feel like as queer people and just as teenagers in general, you just want to fit in and you don't want to stick out. And I definitely had that where anything that felt like abnormal, I like wanted to either shove out or like cover up. Sure. And so being attracted to a a girlfriend or making out with a girl in college was like, Oh yeah. Went a little crazy. Like let's get back on the right track. Um, So that took me a long time. And then I think being in San Francisco, it was just so in your face sometimes, but in a good way, like, like having friends like Ben and knowing other people who were just themselves and you could see that. And at pride, seeing so many different types of people who identify in so many different ways, it's really empowering and just educating yourself on that. So I think when I, finally started dating my first like real girlfriend is when I finally had that conversation with myself because we, we were kind of like hanging out before we started dating. And even then in my mind, I would say to myself, I'm just having fun. This is nothing like it'll be over soon. No big deal. And, uh, one of my friends, Kat, who, you know, you yeah. met Kat. Yes. She was at High Tops. At High Tops, that fateful Shout Tuesday. Shout out to Kat. <laughs> uh, Kat was an integral part of, of my coming out to myself. Um, I remember her saying to myself, her saying to me, excuse me, um, what are you doing? You're like, you're, you're telling me that this is nothing and you're not interested in women, but yet you're still continuing to see her. You're going to get messy. You either need to like be truthful with her or be truthful with yourself. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Ally points 100. Holy shit. 100%. Like she, and she didn't confront me like past friends with a, are you gay? What is your identity? She never did that. She more so was just saying like what you're saying and how you're acting isn't matching up. And I think you just need to like Wait, take a beat and think this is about a, it. This is, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I think this no. is like such a fascinating thing for any allies listening. If people like come out to you, like the way that Kat is approaching this, like there is a way to be helpful and there's a way to shove somebody back even further in the closet with how you approach yes. things like this. The yes. example in the beginning of the episode that Jess was telling us about somebody straight up asking, are you gay? Like that is not helpful. The way that she's describing, I think what, you know, and everybody obviously will react differently, but like the way that Kat approached this sounds like you like so helpful. And it seems like it like really kind of, it, it seems like it helped you. Yeah, it, it really helped me. And I think us being such close friends, she knew what I needed in that moment. And she, she really gave me the space to come out to her. She didn't force anything, mm-hmm. but she was there as a friend would be in any, any situation to help guide. So Cat, yep. you're an ally. We love you. Thank Amazing. you. Amazing. Go Kat. Um, Yeah. So, so that's when I really was like, yeah, I really like this person, this woman. I like feel the butterflies. I'm attracted to her. I want to be with her. Just. I don't think you're straight. And I think that's okay. (laughs) Do I, am I bi? I don't think so. Am I a lesbian? I don't think so. I don't know what I am, but I know that I'm not straight. And I know that I'm really into this human. And that I think is kind of how I came out to myself was like, you don't have to have an answer. You don't have to have a light bulb moment, but when things start to make sense in your brain, they just kind of all click. And And that is what happened with me. It was like following my heart first. It was like, I don't know the right answer. I don't know what I am, <laughs> but I feel like I'm doing a lot of air quotes and you can't see that <laughs> when I'm talking. I talk with my hands a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm appreciating, the, I'm appreciating the air quotes right now. So keep them, out. keep them up. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, sorry, my cat is jumping. Um, but yeah, I, I was just like, I don't have all the answers about myself, but I don't need to. Like I'm happy and content and I feel like I've unlocked or opened up or uncovered this other part of myself. And that's great for me. That's really interesting. And like, I think it's a good, it can be very helpful for someone to hear who might be like, feel like they're at an impasse right now because they don't have the answers. They don't have a label to put on themselves that makes sense to them. But what you're saying, it sounds like is like, you might not need, you don't necessarily need that. Just kind of go with the flow. And as you progress and like the least more, the less resistance you and pressure and pressure like you put on yourself to like find the perfect box for yourself yep. like the the more progress you're going to make and like you'll figure it out eventually and you don't have to have all the answers on day one the first time you come out to somebody I really like I like how you, I really would I'm appreciating about your story because it's so different than mine is like mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't come out to someone until I had like a like a, a something to call it like something that made sense yep. to people and to me because like that's the way my brain thinks is like I need a mm-hmm you know, I need me to fit in a box like this kind of thing. And so that's, I don't know why that's just like how my brain works. So to me, the like that label is like really helpful, um, yeah. but it's really interesting. And I, and I think it, for a lot of people, like they probably don't operate that way. They probably operate more in like a different space. And so um, I really, I think what you're saying is like extremely helpful um, to hear. And it's like helpful for me to hear too. I'm like, wait, have I like 
narrowed myself too much by putting myself in a box. <laughs> I, yeah. I need to do some well, thinking, you guys. <laughs> labels are just extremely, extremely interesting to me because they've they've helped me. They've also felt really limiting to me. And I think labels can be so helpful and affirming to people because they maybe they do have that light bulb moment where they finally feel hear a label that makes sense for them no matter what that is whether that's gay or straight or non-binary or bisexual or whatever it may be um labels for me were helpful because they told me that there was more than just being gay or straight and i remember <laughs> i remember the first time i i learned about bisexuality i was a teenager it was those first inklings were happening and uh, Tila Tequila, do you remember this? Oh my she came God, out. yes. She and and uh, she's a very problematic person these days. We do not stand Tila Tequila in 2022. Um, Wait, I don't but, know what Tila Tequila is, but I'm gonna have to ask you uh, off screen, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's uh, complicated. But she came out in the early aughts. She came out with a reality TV show called Tila Tequila: A Shot at Love. Yes. And it was really groundbreaking at the time because she came out and said, I'm bisexual. I don't want to be on a traditional dating show. I want to date 12 men, 12 women, however many it was, and find like the best partner for me. And so in that instance, a label was eye-opening for me because I didn't know that was a possibility that you could be attracted to both men and women. So learning about that was huge. And it, that did help open doors of like, I know I'm not straight. I know I'm not gay. What else is there out in the world? Um, that was also a, another rainbow flag because I was in love with one of the female contestants also printed her out, put her up next to ScarJo. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, celebrity crushes. Yeah. Um, so that like in that sense, labels were really, really helpful for me. On the other hand, personally, they felt very limiting for me because I think what happens a lot of times and when I've come out to people later, like acquaintances or, or whomever, after coming out to all the most important people in my life, my experience, people often ask, oh, so you don't date men anymore? Oh, are you lesbian now? Oh, are you bisexual? And one again, that's another example of a bad way to be an ally because no one owes you an explanation of who they are just for someone to share who they are with you is huge and enough. Yeah. And you shouldn't like have to get clarity because it's not about you. It's about them. You don't need to double click into this person's how they, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just shut up and hear yeah. what they're saying to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and, and that can kind of trip, trip someone up who is, figuring it out. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to date a man again. I don't know if I'm a lesbian. I don't know if I'm bisexual. And I've never, like, like I said, I, I identify as queer just because it feels like a nice umbrella term for me, but it's been really hard to grapple with like, where do I fit in and who am I with and what pride flag do I get when I'm yeah. at the, for pride parade or whatever? Um, it, it's been really difficult. And then I like will start to swirl in my head of, do I not want to identify as bisexual because I have internalized biphobia? I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think that I'm, I'm like open about who I'm dating, but for some reason, like 
I just don't feel like I fit neatly into any box. And so personally, I find it more empowering to not fit in a box and just kind of go under the umbrella. Yeah. Wait, that's so interesting. And could you like, this is a learning experience for me. Yeah. I, I would love to hear more. Like, I, I don't know that I've heard like the term biphobia before. Could you explain yeah. that a little bit? Absolutely. So biphobia is a really damaging, but important thing to talk about. So a lot of people who identify as bi, both men and women, um, experience this because a lot of people within the community and without outside of the community don't believe bisexuality is real. You know, they think if you're, if you're a man and you're sleeping with a man, you are gay. You don't get to turn around and date a woman. Like you're just lying to yourself, get out of the closet. Being bi isn't real. So there's that part of it. There's also what is often called bi erasure. And that is when someone who is bi is in a heterosexual relationship and people will kind of erase their queer identity. Like, oh, you were bi, but you're a woman and you're married to a man. So you're not in the queer community anymore. You left that life behind. It's like, no, you're you're still bi. It's just who you're with at the moment. And so I think a lot of the internalized biphobia, a lot of people you know, may not feel like their identity is valid. They may not feel like their place in the queer community is valid. Or they might feel like they have to really prove themselves, um, which are all really interesting. And it's a, it's for me personally, I've, I've always, it's another thing I struggle with because like, I'm a, I'm femme. I am straight passing quote unquote, because you can't see my air quotes. Um, And so I, I think there's a lot of like, people may question you or not get it, or if they see you with a man. I mean, I see it. And I've struggled with that where like, if I now date a man, am I rejecting my queer identity? Are people going to think that I just turned my back on it and I'm not actually queer? Yeah. And it can kind of be a mind, like a mind fuck, you know, where you're like, am I still, am I abandoning this community? Are people not going to believe me? Do I have to explain who I am? And it just like can bring up so much anxiety, really. Thank you for explaining that. I, yeah. And then my, one of my first like thoughts about what you mentioned about, you know, if you're for people not like believing the validity of like men being by as you know, it's just like, Oh, you just are in the closet. You need to come out. Uh, I yes. feel like gay, gay men don't do many favors for this because a lot of men, myself included came out first as by just because it feels yeah. like the safer, the safer way to do it. Because, you know, for me, it, I remember I texted the first person I told I texted, um, I texted my one of my best friends, Shelby, and I told her, I go, Shelby, uh, I think I'm bi. And then I followed up quickly with like, I still love the ladies or something like that, which I like was like, Wait, very, like she probably, read, she probably read that was like, bitch, no, you don't. You do not. I know you don't love the ladies. Um, <laughs> but she she let me she let me pretend anyways. But and then quickly, yeah. like a couple weeks later, I told her, like, no, I'm just gay. Um, but yeah, so I, like that is a very common thing that I've heard is like a lot of gays come out as bi. So like the whole, you know, yeah. using bi as a stepping stone stone to gay, like what you were just talking about. I was like, I can see that because I know a lot of people that I mean, they don't I don't, I don't everyone's doing it just because it's like helps them to coming out. I don't think it's coming from and it's not coming from like a a bad place, but like it doesn't yes. I'm sure that kind of just perpetuates that stereotype. So 
Totally. Um, especially I'm sure like, I'm sure there's probably, I'm sure you probably experienced this from, um, from like people in the queer community, like, like gay men. Like I, I could totally see that because, you know, their experience was, and a lot of their friends' experiences are like what I just said is like, they come out as bi, but then they just like, they know it's just to help them come out as gay. Um, yeah. and so maybe to, you know, to certain people who are a little bit more closed-minded, um, maybe that's just their take on all of it. And they're like, oh, well, every, any guy who, um, says he's bi is probably just like afraid to come out as gay. Yeah. And I think another like fascinating layer on this is, is gender, because I think when the, the stereotype for a bisexual man is he just hasn't come out of the closet yet. He's gay. A lot of times the stereotype for a bisexual woman is she's not really gay. She just like gets drunk and makes out with a girl. She's going to end up with a dude. And it's very fascinating to me. Um, even beyond that, you know, I think there's that notion of all women experiment in college. Yeah. But why don't we talk about men experimenting in yeah. college? Like, why isn't that normal? Because it's the, if a man touches a man in any capacity, he's gay. Yeah. A woman, it's just like, she's out having fun. She's probably not really gay. It, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. I remember like, I was like jealous, you know, in a way like growing up, I, I think I like kind of resented the fact that women got that, like get out of jail free card to like experiment yeah. in college. And like for guys, especially like in the environments I was in, like that was, you couldn't just dabble like that wasn't that was not an option um so like right. in, a, in a, this like twisted way I was like always a little like jealous or envious of um mm -hmm. women for getting that that like or for that being like the stereotype but I can see how you know for for women who are bi like I can see how that can be very like damaging to them you know just that trope like perpetuating and you know throughout their lives like I can yeah. see how that could cause them troubles, especially when they're trying to come out and figure, you know, out, figure out who they are. Those kind of like, I don't know, stereotypes reinforcing people's brains, like are not helping the cause. They yeah. can't be. That's so interesting. Yeah. Man, this is, this has been like so enlightening to me. Like, I, I feel like I've <laughs> learned, I feel like I've learned a lot. And like, as I, as we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, like why I should have like been more aware like at, <laughs> earlier, but um, you know, everyone's, you know, constantly learning. So. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. And I think like, I'm so grateful for your podcast and places like your podcast, because for many of us, you have like the one movie that has a coming out scene and then you have your personal experience. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating. And even us who have been through this process, talking to each other and talking to other people, you learn so much about yourself and the queer community where you think that you know it all, like mm -hmm. you don't. And I, I think it's so fascinating to have these combos because I, I feel like I'm learning things about myself just talking about them. I didn't realize that's how I was doing this or yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Oh my gosh. See, like, I feel like when you, when you actually are like vocalizing it and talking through it, like, especially like chronologically. And I, yeah. like, I feel like you just, you put you're able to like put pieces together because like when you're in it and like going through it it's hard to like remove yourself and like objectively look at the scenario and the sequence of events and like kind of understand what's happening but then when you yeah. are a little bit you know further down the line and you're able to kind of talk through it like we're doing now um it's just like it's so i find it so fascinating i find it so sure. interesting um well I, I was also um i wanted to touch on one other thing um so like you came out 
um, to your friends and family as like dating a girl. Mm -hmm. And so what was your, but obviously you don't, you don't, we, we don't, you're not in the, you don't put yourself in like the gay or lesbian box. Right. Um, so what has dating been like for you since have you kind of, have you dated, have you been dating men and women? Um, how has that gone for you? And, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm like fascinated to learn more. Cause again, this is, I I'm so I'm asking these questions because I'm genuinely so interested in, because for me, like when I, when I came out as gay and I like, I felt so relieved because I, I was like, I'm never going to have to like try to make it work with a woman again. It was very freeing to me in that sense, which, you know, it sounds interesting. Right. It's kind of a weird way to describe it, but that's how it felt. Um, and so like, I, I'm so curious what it's like to, to, um, if you've, if you have dated men and women since yeah. uh, I'm so curious, like how that works. Like, yeah, I think like with, with most people in dating, it's all like a confusing mess. Yeah. Um, because you know, do you sometimes with intention, like, do I go to the lesbian bar and yeah. find like where I know that there will be women there? Um, I have zero game, so I like don't approach women and I stand in the corner and nobody talks to me. And then I wonder why, but <laughs> you know, you make like an intentional choice or if you're out at straight bars or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's been really organic for me where I think the, I, the first time that after I dated a woman and I was single, I almost wanted to like pressure test myself. I was like, okay, let me make sure I'm like actually gay. Let me like date women. And I like went, I like spent the summer just going on a lot of dates and dating a lot of women very casually. I was like, oh yeah, this, this is real. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> no cause for alarm. I just had to, um, I had to make sure. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, I kind of avoided men like for years. I don't think I dated a man for like six or seven years. Um, cause it just like, wasn't in the cards for me. And I knew that there was still an attraction there but it just didn't happen. And so now I would say like, it's, it's very organic. We're also in the middle of a pandemic. So I've been, you know, locked away, which makes things even more interesting. Um, but for me, I approach dating very much the same as before I was out where I I've never done the apps. I've never really approached people. I just kind of let it organically happen. And that's my approach. So I'm never after that first bout of like, I'm going to the lesbian bars, I need to make sure this is real. Yeah. Um, now it's just kind of like, whatever, like whoever I talk to or am I am attracted to. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting, especially like yeah. not on the apps in 2022. Like how do you, how are you supposed to just like meet people? <laughs> I don't know. Never done it. I'm like, I have way too much anxiety. It all overwhelms me. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's a I meet everyone like at work or at a bar. <laughs> very organically well yeah that, I mean that that like sounds fake to me now at this point <laughs> <laughs> just like meeting somebody at a bar like hmm I don't know it can happen I know you're like yeah I mean I'm sure it can but like I just feel like I don't know the apps have just like taken over yeah but, they just like they're too much for me they yeah me. I mean it is a lot and it's like it's a time suck and you know all that screen yeah. time your screen time well, goes way up well I I will say I've in the past, I've downloaded apps mm -hmm. and like played around on them. I've just never gone through the process of messaging. Um, but I think it, it brings up a good point. Yeah, <laughs> the process of the process of messaging, like the whole point. Like of someone app. will message me <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm deleting this app. Oh my gosh. Um, 
But it's, it's really interesting when you think about a person who dates multiple like gender identities, Yeah. because where do you go? Like there's Tinder and Bumble. There's also, um, apps like her, which are for women looking for women. But what I found interesting, like when I was first single and I like downloaded the app and was swiping through was on Tinder in particular, when you're a woman searching for women, there's a lot of like couples and they're like looking for our unicorn. And it's a lot of straight couples who are just looking to add someone to the mix. Yeah. And it's very like frustrating. Cause like you're a like, a I'm grindery, here. In like a grindery hookup way or like a, add like a third kind of way. Like a, like a, a hookup. Like okay. we want to spice up our bedroom. It, so we it, want a gay girl to jump in. And so it's it, that I think was also really off putting for me. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't want to be like a, a plaything to someone or be like this like novel thing. For some people, it totally works. That's that wasn't for me. Um, but that was another point where I was like, this is weird. I don't, I don't want to do this. This is so interesting you bring this up because I, I actually know somebody um who a girl who was not out, but was I think curious to see if there was something there because again probably had all of those those like inklings that we were talking about you know these rainbow flags that you know she's trying to make sense of and she used that that she that scenario happened to her on like some one of the apps um and I think I'm I'm assuming assuming that she was swiping through guys um right but she saw that opportunity and and used it as a way to kind of test that like test out being with a girl and that led to her I mean that was like the first little domino that fell but then it led to her coming out so that's amazing yeah it's like the same as labels like what one person can see as as not great somebody else can see as their like entryway into figuring out who they are exactly like I love that that's why I love these conversations because everybody's story is like so different and everyone like I just, I think these are so, these conversations are so fascinating because everyone's story is different, but there's like always very relatable, like underlying like yeah. themes there. Um, so like no matter, you know, oftentimes at least. Uh, so I just, yeah, I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, well, Jess, thank you so, so much. Like I've had so much fun. Like I literally been smiling. I feel like this whole time my face hurts. Um, <laughs> I still like, I'm probably going to like fall asleep crying to that story of your mom buying the shirt for you at Target. Like that's literally yeah. the loveliest thing I've ever heard. Um, thank you so much. If, if there are people uh, that your story resonates with and they want to reach out, if they're looking for advice or just wanted to, you know, say hi, um, what's the best way for them to uh, get in touch? Oh, please, please, please reach out. Would love to talk. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Jess Bedusi, J-E-S-S-B-E-D-U-S-S-I. Um, just slide into my DMs and I'd be happy to chat you up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks so much, Jess. That's awesome. Um, and thanks again. I am so happy we had this chat and I cannot wait for people to hear your story. I'm so happy. Thank you for doing this and just for making this platform for people. It's really awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If this week's episode resonated with you, please take a second to subscribe and leave a review. 
You can find Reaching Out with Michael Constable on Instagram and Twitter at Reaching Out Pod, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael Wings It. Bye bye, see you!